This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Idea City Podcast. For more information or to watch talks online, go to ideacity.ca or check out the Idea City channel on YouTube. Hello, and welcome to Idea City on the Air. By the end of the next half hour, you'll be inspired and enlightened by the world's biggest ideas, innovations, and breakthroughs as you hear about them in talks from the planet's smartest people. Moses Neimer's three-day annual Idea City conference in Toronto has been called Canada's premier meeting of the minds, and we're glad to have your mind with us. In this episode of Idea City on the Air, Jim and Sue Waddington speak about being in the footsteps of the Group of Seven. I was at a conference just a few weeks ago, and... uh... One of the speakers was um, showing pictures that had been taken in the late 1800s, glass plates. And uh, then he showed pictures from exactly the same vista, exactly the same position taken today. And he was trying to make a point about what was happening in the particular set of glaciers that he was photographing. But it was the first time that I came upon something that is called repeat photography. And uh, I tell you about all of this because our next speakers are two lovers of Canadian art who have themselves determined to do much the same thing by finding exactly the vistas which feature in so much of the iconic painting that we associate with the group of seven. So I'd like to invite Sue and Jim Waddington to tell us about their inspiration and what it took to do it. Welcome, thank you. Thank you. Well, if you're wondering why he's invited a old physics professor, retired, who says that he knows nothing about art, to come and talk to you about the group of seven painters. Well, the reason is that more than 40 years ago, Sue came up with a great idea. I suspect that almost all of you, at one time or another, have seen a photograph or a landscape painting, and you thought, gee, I would really like to go and see what that place looks like now. Well, Sue's idea was, let's do just that, Let's find out where the group of seven did their paintings and go and find what they look like now. And we have found a number of these places, more than 700 of them now, and we've had a great time doing that as a couple with our family. I'm going to show you the best photograph of any of of the group of seven. Six of the original seven members of the group are in this picture was taken in a smoke-filled room in the Arts and Letters Club in Toronto. The seventh 
member of the group, the original member, Franklin Carmichael. I don't know where he was, but I can only guess that he must have been out in the men's room when they took the picture. <laughs> so we're going to put him in. And Johnson left the group shortly after it was formed and replaced by A.J. Casson. And of course, the group were not formed until after the death of their hero, Tom Thompson. And you can't tell a story about the group of seven without including him. These people made many of the iconic images that we have of the Canadian North. Anyone who grew up in Canada uh, has, has seen probably these two and many, many more. To give you some idea of what we've been trying to do, I think you might argue with me that this painting by Tom Thompson called The Hill in Autumn could have been done virtually anywhere in Northern Ontario, and I'd have to agree with you. But if you look closely, there's this large hill here, which is the subject of the painting, The Hill in Autumn. There's another hill here that continues right down to the shore, and in the background, one tiny little red peak sticking out. And what we've been able to do is find the places that the painters like to camp. We go on our canoe trips to find these places, and when we do that, we can often find the results of their work. Like so. And I really like it when you ooh and awe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You keep on doing that. It makes me feel good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, this all started um, many years ago. Killarney Provincial Park, a very beautiful place, had been opened recently. Our kids were young. We were canoeing uh, in Killarney Park. We'd been to the McMichael Gallery. We saw this large painting by A.Y. Jackson titled Hills Killarney, Nellie Lake. And, we, and Sue came up with this idea. Does the place really exist that, that Jackson had painted? And so she noticed that on the map there was a place called Nellie Lake. So we headed off to Nellie Lake to see what it looked like. It wasn't easy to get to, um, but when we did, we found, you see how we were a little bit younger then, um, the hills in the background started looking more and more like the painting as we climbed up the hill. This tree, which was dead when Jackson was there in the 30s, was now lying on the ground, rotting away. We went around behind this big rock, and this is what we found. This is a photograph from 1977. The forest was coming back. It had been logged and burned back then, but uh, the place was recognizable. We thought this was great. We went to the McMichael, and we said, we want to do this some more. Where are these places? And they said, we don't know. <laughs> so we've been trying to find them ever since. So again, here we should... There's what it looks like now. Spectacular places that actually even look better than they did back then. Now, we think of the artists as Algonquin artists, but we've learned that actually they painted throughout Canada. And we found places that they painted inside all of those circles. So virtually any time we've been traveling in Canada, we've been looking to find the places that inspire these painters. I'm going to start by showing you the place that they all began. This was a place in Georgian Bay. They had a benefactor, a man named Dr. McCallum. And he had a cottage in Georgian Bay. Now, there are 30,000 islands in Georgian Bay, so it was a little hard finding where this was. But 
Tom Thompson had been there in 1914, in July. He didn't think too much of the place. Uh, he wrote to Varley that uh, it was way too civilized, too much like Rosedale, and he wanted to, to leave, and he paddled back to Algonquin. But um, when he was there, he painted a, paint, a painting of the cottage. And the cottage is still there, looking very much like it did when Thompson visited 100 years ago. So we went there exactly 100 years after he was there to see what it was like. Now, this place has a lot of paintings by the, by the group in, in the area. And um, these are two of them. They're both in the National Gallery. Two of the more famous works, um, Varley's Stormy Weather, Georgian Bay, and Arthur Lismer's The September Gale. Thought to be amongst the best works that these men ever did, and they'd look much better than this in reality. But there's a really interesting story about this group, about these two paintings. Um, the story may not be true. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter, it's a good story. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, the, the, the story goes like this, that both the Varleys and the Lismers were visiting uh, McCallum's cottage at the same time. And one day, it was too stormy for them to take their canoes out into the islands to paint. And apparently, the two men left the cottage, sat down in front of the cottage, and were going to paint the same tree. And they got in an argument over who was there first. It was settled in a very gentlemanly way. Varley would go to the left and paint this tree, and Lismer would go to the right and paint this tree. So that's the story. Now, what do we know about the story? Well, this tree still exists. It's dead. There's another tree growing out of its root. Now, as a side, there's something interesting about this painting. Apparently, the experts say that the blue in, the, in Varley's painting right there is different than the blue anywhere else in the painting. And it's thought that he, um, at some later date, painted something out. Well, now that you see the scene, you can see that he got rid of this ugly rock, making the tree even more dramatic. Right? Right? So that's half the story. A hundred meters to the right of there, what you'll see is this. There's no tree. But I think you can see the shoreline Looks like it did in Varley's painting. So I think the story really is true. <laughs> Whether it's true, I don't, I don't know. We'll find out. Okay. Coming up after the break. Sue told them how much fun it was to sit down at the same spot that the artist sat. And the owner of the island said to us, would you like to go and find a place that every one of the group of seven sat along with Tom Thompson? And Sue said, oh, yes, you would. And he took us around behind the cottage, and this is what he showed us. Welcome back to Idea City on the Air. You're listening to Jim and Sue Waddington speak about being in the footsteps of the Group of Seven. People go to the Georgian Bay to go canoeing and boating, camping because of the nice, beautiful rocks, the twisted rocks. I saw this little island and I took a picture while we were there, while Sue and I were canoeing around. And when I got home, I was really surprised to find out that actually Thompson had included that same rock in one of his paintings. There it is. 
We, we met the owner of the island, and he knew a lot of this, and Sue told him how much fun it was to find a place that the artist had sat and sit down at the same spot that the artist sat. And the owner of the island said to Sue, well, uh, would you like to go and find a place that every one of the group of seven sat, along with Tom Thompson? And Sue said, oh, yes, you would. And he took us around behind the cottage, and this is what he showed us. <laughs> Anyway, after the, they were painting in Georgian Bay, they headed up to around Lake Superior, and these were places where they did their famous boxcar trip. Of course, you can't do that anymore. The train won't stop wherever you want it. So the only way to get to see the places that they did is to go on the tourist train, which allows you there for an hour or so, or to go on a whitewater canoe trip. Well, Sue and I had never been on a whitewater canoe trip, and we were getting too old to do a whitewater canoe trip, but apparently last September we weren't too old anymore, and we, <laughs> we went on one, and this was really exciting because you could actually canoe right into the place that the painter painted. And it was really spectacular. The river is narrow, it's, it's full of rocks, that's what makes people happy when they want to go whitewater canoeing. Not us, but, but anyway, we were guided through a very nice group, and it was full of rocks, and you could actually find the rocks that the painter painted, like this one. There it is. There were many, many places like that where you could actually know for sure you were right where the painter was. It was, was, was quite, quite thrilling to us. Algonquin Park, that's where Thompson did many of his most famous works, and including this one, the Jack Pine. We can't find the place that the painter did in his final work like this um, without, in some cases, using the sketch that they used. They, they, they did these little sketches in about an hour that are much truer to, to the scene than the final works. The big work that was done in the studio has, is different than the real scene. So I'm going to compare this, the, the sketch, and you can see the hills correspond to the hills in the sketch, but by the time the final work was done, the hills get moved around a bit, that's when they use their artistic license. So we often use the, the sketches rather than the final work to do their, our comparisons. That painting showed a little bit of lake, some hills, a lot of sky. Most of Thompson's paintings are that way. But this one is very different. This was done in a little valley, much smaller than this room. I was sitting in the corner of the valley, getting ready to take um, a picture, when four men ran down, took off their clothes, and ran underneath the waterfall. <laughs> I'm not going to show you that part. Uh, let's go to the Yukon. Uh, Jackson persuaded the Canadian government to follow him, uh, let him follow the people building the Alaska Highway. We had a friend take this picture for us. This is the Smart River. And just as the Smart River crosses the highway, you'll find this scene. There it is. And the trees, I think, are the same trees. The things don't grow so fast in the Yukon. Our most fun came about when we visited the Arctic. Um, Jackson went there in 1927 with Dr. Frederick Banting. He went back three years later with his colleague, Lauren Harris. We did find the place that this tiny little painting was done, a, a beautiful little one called Albert Harbor by Lauren Harris. And um, 
There it is, and, the, the, and there's actually a photograph that Harris took of the same scene. And you can see that what Harris often did was he uh, made the, the, all the hills much steeper than they were, but really very similar to, to the structure that they were. Now, the other side of this mountain here is this scene, which you can see from the little village of Pond Inlet. Harris's works are said to be, his Arctic works are said to be amongst his most abstract landscape paintings. And you can see that they really are not, that the Arctic really is that stark, beautiful place uh, that he depicted. There aren't very many photographs of the group working out in the, in the wild. And this is Franklin Carmichael sitting on a rock high up above Grace Lake in Killarney Provincial Park. We did find it. Um, this is our, our daughter sitting on the rock, uh, and I've taken a blow-up of the picture just to prove to you that it really was the same rock. You get some idea of how crazy you get when you do this often enough. <laughs> but, but, but that was 1995, and we went back a number of times. When we went back in 2001, the rock was gone. And I think what happened was some young man picked it up, the 200-pound rock, not knowing how important it was to me, and, and, and dropped it off the cliff. And um, we went back a few years later with some friends, and before I knew it, he took a copy of the painting, of the, of the old photograph, and he climbed down that, that cliff. And uh, he found the rock, and the next year we or he organized eight of us to pull it back up. Well, there it is. Hey. <laughs> we take many people there, and without a doubt, I don't say anything to them, I just give them a copy of the old photograph, and before long, they're sitting down just like Carmichael did. Bum, 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 <laughs> bum. Sue was working seriously while we were bringing the rock up, and she was trying to find out which painting Carmichael was working on when he, this photograph was taken. And we took a blow-up of the old photograph, and you can look over his shoulder and see the hills in the background, right? And that's what he was doing. We think she discovered which painting it was. And this is one in the Art Gallery of Ontario, and it's this one by Franklin Carmichael, La Cloche Hills, Rocks and Stream. Of course, it was done in the, in the fall, so we had to go back at the right time of year to take a picture of it, but there it is. <laughs> Quite a spectacular place, as Killarney Provincial Park is. So, I asked you about Sue's idea at the beginning. I think it was a great idea. We've had a wonderful time doing it. We are continuing to do it, and uh, any time you learn a little bit about the group of seven that you don't think anyone else knows, it's something you've heard from your grandmother, uh, please write to us and tell us. We need to learn all these things before they're all forgotten. Well, thank you very much. That's lovely. That's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 800 sites, you say? About that, yeah. So you still have work to do? Oh, oh there are many more, yes. Really? <laughs> That's splendid. Thanks for listening to Idea City on the Air. Catch Moses Neimer's Idea City Conference live every June in Toronto or on regularly scheduled radio and TV shows throughout the year and find 
hundreds of talks online every day at ideacity.ca. For more information about Idea City, find us online at ideacity.ca, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or youtube.com slash ideacity. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.